from Battlefield Studio Alpha, welcome to the Wartime Leadership Podcast, where we explore what spiritual resiliency looks like from different perspectives. We often focus on the physical, emotional, and social areas of resiliency, but too often we neglect the spiritual pillar. Now, this looks different for everyone. We will be exploring what spiritual resilience looks like in the lives of our guests, who are people from all different walks of life. I'm your host, Nathan Coy, and this season was sponsored by Success Draft, where we help you transform your dreams into drafted plans. Head over to successdraft.com to get started on your future today. Hey, uh, Nate, uh, Nate, Nate, hold on. Um, Bro, we're actually recording here. You're a little pitchy uh, on that one, so... Okay. Uh, you okay. know, oh wait, we're we're doing it. Listen, Jeff, I'll clean you are it up. Tip- Oh my gosh. Okay, listen, folks. Today's episode is actually going to be really, really special because it is obviously Veterans Day, and this is a veteran-owned and operated. The host, me, I'm a veteran. But today, today you get to hear from a very special guest. So we actually have the producer for the show on because what's better than having two vets? Uh, do a takeover of each other's side of Sorry, we had a little bit of technical difficulties there. Uh, we're back with Nathan. Yeah, you know, this is really weird because it's it only screws up when the producer's on. That's true. I mean, I'm not usually on here. Listen to my voice. <laughs> Hey, so this is actually pretty good because of the fact that you've got two veterans, two port dogs, just having a good time. Jeff and I, how long have we known each other? Well, I got to Guam in 2007, and you were working the orderly room, so we met then when I was in processing. So do the math, uh, about, what, 14 years, something like that? Jeez. Yeah. And we're getting, we're, (laughs) we're, we're, we're like Air Force old at this point. Shoot, I'm old, old. Or not really. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jeff, you've been retired for a few years now. Yeah, I was medically uh, actually separated, then retired at uh, 16 and a half years. And that was December of 90 or 2014. So almost eight years. So you've been eight years disgruntled. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of years prior to that. Disgruntled as well. Probably before I even came in, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. Aren't we all just a little bit disgruntled? Well, different sources, you know, uh, different things hit your triggers and uh, you just try to get over them. uh, Or uh, instead of getting over, you face them and deal with them. And that's what this podcast is about, right? Uh, Absolutely. For the most part, I mean... Yes, you could pick apart the wording and but the verbiage is and all that fun stuff, but it really comes down to being resilient in life. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, hey, dude, we can't get too much into the podcast, into the meat of what we talk about until yeah. we do the introductory questions. So I'm I started all, yeah. I started something new a few episodes ago. I know that you noticed it when you started listening, but I have a random question generator. I love it. And this got me in trouble on on the first episode I used it because it said, would you murder somebody? And then the guy like immediately like started to name the person. I was like, no, 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 Robert, Robert, (laughs) don't name the person. It just says, if you could, would you? So we haven't even hit all of the questions yet. So we get to try to do this with you, actually. 
If you had to describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Hmm. Freaking, I know it's hard to come up with no, those. Freaking wicked dude. <laughs> Freak, freaking wicked dude. Yeah. Freaking yeah. wicked dude. Now, why would you go with dude? Freaking. Oh, well, I love dude. Uh, I call everything dude from uh, people to dogs to I called a chair dude the other day. Dude, you've done that for a listen. Oh, I just did it. Dude, you've done that for <laughs> years because I remember I, you doing that back in the day. Everything's dude. It is dude. the uh, the great equalizer. That in another word, but uh, that's also <laughs> one of my favorite ones, too. <clears throat> yeah, we know we're going to leave that one out of here. Hey, what are you passionate about? Uh, I'm here, right? Uh, I mean, no, uh, obviously, uh, music and recording and all the little intricacies uh, that ties all that in. You know, you try, like, as an audio engineer, people think all you do is uh, make music. If you're lucky. <laughs> A lot of the times, you're doing commercials. You're doing it, it. That's also another if you're lucky. You're doing a lot of cleanup of audio, yeah. of uh a lot of work like that. It's it's fun. It's great. It's tedious. But you get to work by yourself and be your own boss. So that's, you know, I think that's a that's a win win. Yeah. And it can actually be really difficult when you have somebody like me that Not you have really. to try to make look you know, <laughs> to sound good at, at times, you know, at times. No, um, <laughs> you you get to keep the uh, craziest hours. I'll tell you that, I, you know, most of my work is done in the evening. And, and a lot, dude, you've actually done a lot with music. I didn't realize how much you were actually doing while you were in the service as far as the audio side of stuff goes. But you were doing a lot back then, even. Oh, I, what, got, like, I got into recording in uh, O2. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, I was deploying most of the time. Uh, there was a fortunate side of that because the money that I banked from all those deployments helped me buy my build my first studio. So I've been uh, going along that dream for two decades now and uh, slowly but surely working my way and learning how to do, uh, well, do what I do. I mean, and I think while some people yeah. were buying houses, you were actually building music studios and music venues actually on top of that. We, yeah, <laughs> I've had a little hand in a few of those. Uh, there's my buddy Jackie Brown, who's also a veteran. Uh, Summer is his wife, and they are co-owners of Music on Main in Bridgeport, West Virginia. There's a little plug for them. Uh, helped build that place up uh, about a year and a half ago. Fantastic. The cleanest venue I've ever seen. Uh, it could be a bummer, but it's no alcohol and it's all ages. So anybody can go. It's a, like I said, great venue. Awesome sound. I mean, Jackie and I both graduated from the same school and yeah, we know our stuff. Well, and I think it's very important even in the music industry to be able to have all ages be able to actually come to a venue because too often you don't see that. Oh, definitely. I'm uh, finding that out with a couple of my boys. You know, it's like, oh, I want to take him to see this bit. Ah, it's a 20, mm. 21 and over. And I'm like, man. And then you're mm -hmm. stuck seeing, eh. 
<laughs> bands. <laughs> now, now, music on Maine, though, it actually has a really nice entrance to it. It almost looks like one of those old 1950s storefronts with the, oh, it, that you used to see jewelry stores. It's a, gr- it's a great storefront. I mean, it's changed hands. It was, it's been a, it was a library at one point, or, or they were hoarders for National Geographic's and a bunch of other <laughs> books and magazines. Because when we cleaned it out, there was a, I mean, it was an undertaking, a lot of mold, a lot of, I mean, you know, we were, I, I got wicked asthma, you know, <laughs> and I was walking around with masks and long shirts and it was a hundred and something degrees out with the humidity of West Virginia that just kicks your butt. Yeah. Um. But it, we were having a blast. I mean, you're built literally building something that you're going, you're putting your, you know, I cut myself. So blood, sweat, and tears into everything. And it's like, man, that's, this is awesome. It get, it almost, it was like a, a lot of the same feeling about being part of the team, being, uh, building up bases and stuff like that. What we did in the, as sport dogs. So there, there's a number of things, you know, happy feelings that, uh, went together. So, you know, Big ups to those guys. You know, yeah. they made they made the dream happen. Yeah, and the really cool thing is, you know, in watching you do this over the years, you, you see you build it up, and you're right. It is, I think that when we get out of the military or when I, when I retire from the military, I think the one thing I'm going to miss most of all is the family aspect of it all. Yes, but uh, it doesn't have to be an end-all, be-all, like... Uh, as you can see, you know, uh, we have wonderful things of social media and able to keep in contact. And sometimes, un- and there's a good and bad of that because sometimes you got to keep an eye on folks. It, not an eye, but you just keep checking up because mm-hmm. some people are having a harder time than you. And everybody has a different journey when they get out. I mean, it's not a cut and dry thing. And I had to take a number of years off. And not everyone can, you know, just take that time off, go back to school and figure out what they want to do when they're hitting middle age, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I've seen the relationship between like you and Brian and, you know, you and a few of the other individuals that we know just continue to foster out. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, you were with him in Aurora, Colorado there for a little bit. Actually last week, but yeah. Um, Well, last week. Feels like ages ago. I know. Uh, no, uh, it's these friendships we've uh, built and as you as and fostered over the years, man. Couple decades, uh, you see they don't go away. They are family. I mean, those bonds are bigger than most of your most. I mean, in my opinion, most of your uh, blood relatives. Yeah, well, and that's that's very true. I mean, I I actually enjoy the fact that. When I was planning on putting this podcast together, and of course, I didn't know how I was going to do everything at all, because as you know, Jeff, like I, I don't know crap about audio. Uh, You had to adjust my mic for me from, you know, South Dakota all the way to here. Uh, But just the fact that I put a, a picture of a microphone on there and put other stuff and you were like, hey, man, would you like me to work with you on that? And I'm like. I didn't even know that you were in the recording business. And then all of a sudden it's those little connections from age old. 
Oh, I'm terrible about advertising. Uh, <laughs> I need to do a better job about selling Or you're my... really good about it. <laughs> I keep busy, but uh, I could use, you know, better comeuppance, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, there's probably uh, going to be some work coming your way from one of the, God, the groups so. I'm a part of. Uh, or Iconic um, Speakers. Yeah, I mean, I just got to not drop the F-bomb, you know? <laughs> I, lo- I love so I love working with you, Nate, because we we are uh, even though we are very different, we do have many things in common, and uh, mm-hmm. that's that's the great thing about the military. You know, to circle back to that, it's like, yeah, you were in there with people from all walks of life, and it didn't matter. Mm. I mean, it's almost testament to, and it feels kind of bad when you le- get out and you see this <laughs> how everybody else walks, and you're like, mm. man. Can't we just be a little bit better at getting along like we did? I mean, you don't even have to get along. You can tolerate each other and just not. <laughs> you could be good, be good or yeah, just be decent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that one of the most amazing things that I deal with on a daily basis with my team that I've been able to see is we we do a diversity day where we we focus on diversity in ALS curriculum. And what I actually have the students do is I have them come in in civilian clothes. So that's cool. Before I bring up the point of, hey, what do you think the person next to you wears when they're (laughs) not here? Like, you know, I mean, you look at you look at somebody and go, I think we did something like that in uh, ALS when I went through uh, all of shoot. uh, 19, almost 20 years ago. uh, But. uh, Good on you. I like the uh, change up with the civilian clothes. I mean, yeah. that adds uh, another thing because I think they, I remember them asking, uh, what is this? What do you think this person wears? And I'm like, we're getting on a line that could be crossed, <laughs> but it ended up being, being uh, really great. I mean, you got to know each other and uh, I've dealt with different team building uh, aspects like that in uh, the past with, in the civilian sector. So uh, it's kind of funny that you'd see, some of the beginnings of that start in the military, you know, 20 years ago with the diversity training. Mm-hmm. They're like, you guys did that? Oh, we started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's the important part of it is that diversity is a lot more than just, you know, how we have narrowed it down. Right. How you and look or anything sexuality like that. Yeah. or, you know, religion or, you know, there's so many different elements to it. It's even it even comes down to the type of clothes that we wear. So that's why we do the civilian clothes. Number one, it puts the students at ease and allows them to be able to have conversations they wouldn't normally have. And number two, it allows you to see that person from a different perspective. Definitely. I mean, uh, one of the things I did in basic training, uh, I, I went up to the roster on the door. And memorized everyone's first name Mm. and would call everybody by their first name, which I was counteracting what the TIs were doing. But uh, (laughs) I know my, I already had my psychology classes in the books by that time. (laughs) And so I figured, you know, when you call somebody by their first name, you bring a little bit of human, their personal Mm. person back to them. Just a little bit. Mm -hmm. They give you a smile maybe a pat on the back and then you go on the, on your way, but you just, you gave them that individuality back just enough, not enough to mess things up, but enough to give them like that hope, especially in the first and second week when 
uh, everybody wants to quit or <laughs> you, you know what I to, used to do with the with the first name thing what's that yell at people for using them I know <laughs> <laughs> I, but in in all seriousness actually what I used to do is I would actually tell a joke a day that's I good would take them into the day room and I would do a joke a day just because if I could still see a smile on somebody's face that meant they're still human or they're still inside there and they I haven't they haven't given up yes uh and yeah there, there there's a type rope of uh basic training throughout the years and how, how we can view it and that's a whole that's a whole podcast on its own oh absolutely i mean i'd love to pick your brain on that but we've got other things to talk about <laughs> oh yeah no I, oh, I, i've I, got a I, i've got a question for you oh crap all right um we're we just finished the or putting out the 37th episode mm-hmm. so 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 far what was the most unexpected moment in your in this podcast history in your mind the to most the date? unexpected like an oh, unexpected man. answer or how it how it, uh how you thought it was gonna go but it went in a totally different way good or bad i i'm just you, curious you know i'm i'm gonna have to go with jeff johnston uh, with the with the podcast I did with him, he's the one that was the mental health specialist and was about to start on a um, was about to start on a nationwide uh, tour. He he had just bought a bus. Guy, huge financier in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, actually ran the largest financial firm there, and the conversation was going to be around his son losing his son to addiction and then a little while later oh, I remember that one, losing definitely. his wife uh to suicide and he started to break down on the show and when when we got to the point where we started talking about the spiritual resiliency side of things he mentioned that uh he was agnostic and that was mm-hmm. the first time I really had somebody that was of different faith uh on the show and I'll tell you the moment happened afterwards because after the show, after I, after I paused the recording, came back to it, and I was like, man, that was an amazing show. And he was like, you know, you, you treated me different than what other people had treated me with that claimed to be Christian. Uh, he said, you actually just wanted to have a conversation, and that meant a lot to me. That's fantastic. Yeah, I and, mean- and that's what it's about. That's how I feel when I talk to you. I mean, uh, we do have different uh, beliefs, mm-hmm. and that's doesn't stop us from doing what we do and being friends. And you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, but that's what yeah. it's about, Jeff. I mean, that's, I know that's, that's yeah, the yeah, whole point of this, exactly. And that's what I tell people: I'm like, you don't have to be religious to enjoy this podcast. You might. You might pick something up and you might figure something out or you might just hopefully you get in uh, enjoyment and uh, oh, might laugh a few times. Yeah, I just I enjoy the relationship side of it. Right. Like, oh, definitely. Because you get to create and cultivate. And uh, Robert, who we just had on this last episode, episode 36 that released this past Tuesday, he was another one that he and I just started talking and had like an hour long conversation beforehand. And I was like, oh, crap, I never hit record. He was like, oh we're supposed to record today. And I'm like, we've been talking for over an hour, bro. And, and 
he's he's wanting to go and actually start doing uh, seminars and other things where where people come to learn about uh, specific events in history at the locations where they happened and do oh, like cool. in-depth type of resiliency training in those environments. So, but that definitely Jeff Johnson was that one that, that had a. Yeah. I kind of got you. Yeah. Uh, I remember you calling me afterwards and uh, we discussed that for a little bit. I was just curious. I figured our listeners uh, might want a little peek behind the curtain. And I think that's what this whole episode is. <laughs> Let me do the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're. We specialist. don't we we don't do sound effects. Uh, I brought it up. We're not that hacky. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much we want to be. Oh, uh, okay. Back to Veterans Day. Here's one. Um, you know what was? You obviously know what it was called before Veterans Day, right? Y- yeah, absolutely. No. Okay. It uh, <laughs> it was called Armistice Day, that's and that's a that's say. a that's a fun one to say, uh, especially if you get tongue tied easily. Uh, it was replaced in 1954. It was actually started to in the remembrance of all wars after World mm. War One. So, and the basic explanation for it is honoring all who have served, living or dead. But here's the caveat, usually particularly living because Memorial Day (laughs) is for the fallen and Armed Forces Day is for the active duty. And this one's for me, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that so many people get confused with it, like on Memorial Day, whenever they're like, hey, thank you for your service. And you're like, yes, but I'm not dead. Yeah, let me go talk to my grandpa. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon? Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he was in World War II, so that was a while ago. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I got a family member or direct family member that served uh, in every conflict since World War One, I, I think. Wow. I probably have some that go even farther back, but they're more on my mom's side. The Scots didn't come over here till, uh the end of the ni- uh, 19th century. So, you know, 1890s, stuff like that. Well, and speaking of that, though, like both of your parents are veterans. Yes. My mom and dad were both in the army. Yeah. And yeah, they have some stories, too. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. That might be a good episode to do. You want to pitch that? I thought about that, but I'll talk to you about that <laughs> off air. <laughs> okay. Too easy. Too easy. There's that's a resiliency question on my part that I don't want to get into quite mm. yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that, Jeff. Hey, so what what's been your favorite episode thus far? Oh, um, I've liked several of I should have written them down. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I don't have them memorized because uh to be honest, I when I go through one, it's I know it by heart by the time I'm done uh mixing and everything like that but it's a brain dump by the time I'm yeah. done. I remember certain moments and I'm like, oh, she said that was that was really great. I love that. Or, you know, uh, you had a, I think a DJ on a while back. That was kind of fun. Yep, uh, DJ Kev White. Yeah, he was, he was, he was pretty dope. Uh, I enjoyed that, especially since his uh, um, signal was um, pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Well, you See, know, he, he I'm not always I'm not listening to the content. I'm listening to the sound and um 
where people are peaking and valuing, and that doesn't really translate too well with, oh, do you like that one? Well, they sounded good, and they kept the, <laughs> their levels well, and, uh, you know, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the show. Uh, was I, sp- I, was, I was supposed to listen. I was listening. Uh, yeah, you've been listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I can tell you I haven't had any that I went, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> oh, just wait. There might be a couple out there. there this might, might be, be one of them. Oh, come on, dude. No. We both have great equipment. It's going to sound wonderful. Oh, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I, might, I might actually listen to it. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Who am I kidding? You know, I never oh. go back and listen because I hate my own voice. I hate the uh, sound me of too. my own voice. Same here. Same here. I think that goes across the board for many people. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, like, really good at singing or, well, you just know you're awesome. Or you're narcissistic and then, <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's great. Uh, I, uh, you don't, we don't have to go through these by any means, um, but I pulled up the james lipton uh questions oh boy there used to be a show that was hosted by this wonderful man uh he's passed uh james lipton and he'd interview actors and it was fantastic Mm -hmm. fantastically Mm -hmm. good and bad depend on how you looked at it well it depends on how you were looking at it what is your favorite word No, that's one of them. It's not my favorite word, actually. Uh, yeah, it goes. What? What is your least favorite word? <laughs> and for what reason? I don't know. Uh, okay, here, here, here's a great one. What profession besides your own would you like to be doing, mm. or like to try? Oh wow! You know, I. Th- think that I would want to ooh wow I I almost want to be a paramedic I looked at that a, a while ago I think it'd be really interesting you know saving lives getting there in the in the moments of pure despair uh to help bring people out of that time period I think that that would be a pretty profound job to have Oh, it definitely it is. Uh, um, I've worked similar. I worked at Cash and Balad in 05, and I don't recommend that unless you have the fortitude to deal with all that trauma. Now, that's casualty oh, that, representative, correct? Yes. Yeah. Bingo. So it's pretty much the ER um, that they bring them into. So you're seeing what the, you know, what the paramedics are kind of got to bring in. Nah, that sounds terrible, but yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and that'll that'll either get you pointed toward medical field or straight out the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, me, I was kind of tossed because I found it fascinating, but it, I was already working a twelve-hour shift and then going to volunteer, so it was not the best thing for my mental health. And we were getting attacked quite a bit. Yeah, well, it was. I mean, a, it was blood during it the was, heavy days. It was a rough year, yeah. 05 was uh, a, f- a fantastic year. They called it Mortaridaville. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a t-shirt with it? No, I never got a chance to actually get out and uh, buy anything t- too cool. <laughs> I was too busy uh, 
working air terminal operations center. So you have quite, I mean, your, your past in the air force is really, it's different than I think a lot of people look at the air force and they assume. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background, uh, for what you have done and where you've been in your career? Oh, that's a, that's a long, well, I, that's all, that's how you start. That's a long story, Nathan. Yeah. A long, long time <laughs> uh, ago. A little, little quick. Uh, okay. I worked, I joined in 98, uh, worked, uh, I, I went to Travis as my first assignment, worked cargo processing, which pretty much you can drive forklifts and unload trucks and put them on things called pallets, which are big metal sheets you pick things you up a, you put them down you put them down and you you then yeah and you do that over again for the foreseeable future uh there were some times during that that uh it got interesting uh and during that time i went to germany my first tdy in 99 hmm. in support of kosovo Wow. Where I got to partake for my first time legally. So I was happy. <laughs> and we were working four and three twelves and going to taking the, you know, train and stuff like that all over Europe. Wow. It was, that was a blast. I mean, they're like, oh, we supported Kosovo. Yeah, we supported. That was when you just went there to help out another uh, branch or side because uh, they were swamped with a, uh, tank tracks and such you know they were just moving a lot of stuff you know i went i i went to pax in our passenger services in 2000 worked there uh you know that's it sounds what it is i mean you work at the airport you you are the booking agent that's up at the front but my punches yeah my best time i've talked to everybody that's been part of this team says our time there at PAX was our favorite time in the military. And this is like over a dozen people with different years in, in. So it was a magical like group, you know, shout out to Chris Peters and Mike Barraza and a bunch of those fun, fun people. But, uh, also nine 11 happened when I was working there and, uh, I'm not, I, that's a whole, yeah. that, that story is for a different podcast, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, started deploying and, um, I was locked in to go to Prince Sultan air base back before, uh, war type stuff happened. You'd, uh, get notified to go to PSAB like 90 or no, like months, 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 yeah. like six, a year in advance. You knew you were going. So I tried to get out. I'm like, I got to go to, because Travis was going to Afghanistan first. I'm like, all right, we got to go. And they're like, nope, you're going here. And then I came back. I got sent to Pakistan and then Uzbekistan and uh, a bunch of other stands. And then next thing I know, it's 2003 and I'm being sent to uh, open up the first base in Iraq. Hmm. So you stack up, you end up stacking up deployments uh when there was no buckets uh but you know you can you know they those are specifically manned or cordoned out times yeah you knew exactly they're, they're, when you were going to deploy you knew how much time you're going to have back not the rotation not back not then not back then yeah. it was hey you come home they're like hey um we're looking for volunteers and i was saying all i'm like sure let's do it <laughs> 
<laughs> I spent a nice chunk of my mid twenties <laughs> out the door working, and I wasn't part of a um, you know, an air a uh, special ops unit or anything like that. I was just a regular reporter. Yeah. But even back Once then, we, like we were yeah. hoofing it. Like there was just nothing but go. Yeah. It 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 was make or break and it was uh some of the craziest and funnest times because you just are just working. Well, and, and I think every, that's the difference. Everybody everybody enjoys the or embraces the suck, you know. Yeah. You're all in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had everybody from squadron leadership down that was out working day oh, in and day chiefs, out. I had chiefs and colonels pushing pallets. Sometimes when I was sitting in an air-conditioned office, uh, well, granted, we brought the air conditioner <laughs> in a tent, and while they pushed cargo, and I was a senior airman. That was just my job, and nobody could do it at the time. Yeah, I ended up having to take over and learn uh, that uh, air terminal operations on the fly because we um, a guy had to go home, and nobody on the team knew how to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I mean back then it didn't matter like you went over there you did the job you got it done and then you fixed everything afterwards oh there was uh I love they 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 coined the term you know cowboy in it and stuff like that and you know as I got up and rank you know you're going through you're like you boys better not be cowboying this stuff I'm like why not <laughs> that's how you got it done <laughs> or we used to call it 2t2 genuity yes uh I mean no, you're not supposed to download a plane with one person. But if they're in an eight, uh, 10K AT, which is a large forklift, <laughs> you can, it's possible. And you've got a <laughs> loadmaster on the plane that's competent. Yep. Uh, but who's holding the chalk? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it wasn't that way. There was no, um, no high dog. <laughs> I mean, if you got crap flying at you, who's going to stop you? Right. Yeah. Nobody cared. But, uh, you know, when you get home, you're going, all right, now we got to get back to normal operations and <laughs> stop it. Mm -hmm. Slow down. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was a crazy time. I mean, good time along the line. I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole career. Yeah, but you OK, I just, I, the one I, I want you to, to go get, into is yeah. the fact of you being a part of the contingency response group, CRG. Oh, that's my, that was my, uh, final, final, uh, bit in the service where, which when was you were great. At Travis, right? I, uh, I went back to Travis yeah. after Guam. Yeah. That's where Guam after, is where we met. After we met, yeah. um, I went to Iraq for a year from Guam. Uh, then I went back to Travis and to the contingency response, uh, group or, unit or whatever they wanted to call them. Yeah. Uh, I think they changed it, it a couple of times from uh, yeah, they response keep, squadron yeah. to just making yeah. it a group. Yeah, I was part of the Global Mobility Squadron, which is the low, not the lowest of the lows, but the grunts-ish, you know, the, actually, it's the people that open the airbase. Hmm. That's really what it comes down to. It's the porters. Some lo loadmasters that are doing not loadmaster duty, they're you know, they're doing comm. You got comm. You got this guy. You got some officer. You got your, what did they call the Talsi? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what that stands oh. for? Man, it's been a long time. It was the the bare minimum of a group to open up an airfield. And 
that's what we were supposed to do. I was doing it as a porter, mm. <laughs> as a strap porter, as we call it, you know, normal duty. But this this was a great gig. I mean, you got to go all over the place, but, um, you know, always going to inspect units. You were pretty much the su- subject matter experts. Yeah, you had to be. You had to be because you're opening up a nothing. So you're basically on plane one landing in the middle of nowhere, an austere location. Oh, some of the hardest uh, guys that came out as the like hardcore dudes. When we we're on a 130, we we're leaving Kuwait at a, uh, oh, we never went over like five to 10,000 feet because of the heat. So this is a, this is a roller coaster ride, only a 45 minute flight, but. We are rocking and rolling. We're going in, and you see some of the guys, oh, I'm this, I'm this. You know, they're locking and loading. <laughs> and just, just, and we're packed in there. So the guy next to you starts going. You're like, please. And it's hot. Oh, and, you know, yeah. you're like, and and then you hear the light. You see the light click on. We're landing. Great. The back door's already opening before we're la- we're even on the ground. It's getting some air, but we're landing in a sandstorm. That was my first <laughs> experience to Iraq. So we land in a sandstorm. So we're grabbing, dropping everything, going to, gr- you know, ve- driving our vehicles off, unchaining everything, and boom, setting up our tents in the middle of a sandstorm. And I got a, a, a video somewhere with the... One of my buddies who uh, had super gelled up hair that was just like Beetlejuice by the time he was done. <laughs> it it was not right. in rags. Well, you know, 3629.03, throw it out the especially, door when you get into those types well, of Well, especially back then. I yeah. mean, hell, when I, when I came in, uh, I really pushed those. I used to slick my hair all the way back and... Uh, so I could pull it down past my chin. Did you have the guys that would like smoke and then go do the bike test? <sighs> I was told that, but the problem is I was already a smoker and I had a high heart rate and asthma. So I get on there. They're like, well, we can't start this. I'm like, why? It, your heart rate has to be under a hundred, hundred what beats per minute. You, what'd you do? Just get done running. I'm like, I just woke up. <laughs> I was 20. I'm like, my heart rate's that high. <laughs> Dude, my heart rate now is 60. That's my resting heart rate. Wow. And that's, that's the lowest and the best it's ever been. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, yeah. Because I didn't know. And these guys are go- like old guys are telling me like, that have the lower heart rates. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink a Mountain Dew and smoke a cigarette. I'm like, that sounds counterproductive. <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> yeah, canceling I, each other out. I failed my first ergo test because I followed that. <laughs> and you know what happened? They're like, I eh, just come back. Like in a couple of weeks, and it was there was no paperwork, no nothing. They were just like, ah, eh, well, we don't care. Wow. That was the Air Force in the nineties. <laughs> okay, no, wow. yeah. See, and and so I there's remember a, there's my a first little tidbit. <laughs> I remember my first sandstorm was actually in Al Udeed, so I was in Al Udeed for eleven months uh, for my first deployment back in oh oh five to oh six. Uh, and I remember just like standing out in the grid yard. It's 135 degrees outside and I'm doing a grid walk. Yeah. Brand new A1C. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a grid walk. I'm way out in the middle of 10 buck two freaking writing down pallet IDs for things that have been there for months. And I all of a sudden like look up and I'm like, okay, why is it getting so dark? 
and I just see this huge wall like moving in towards us. And I'm just standing there kind of looking at it and people are yelling at me, Koi, Koi. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm like looking over and they're like calling me in. And like, I get in the door just as like all that big, massive sand comes rushing in. Well, imagine your door was a piece of plywood oh when that was happening. Cause that's what we, we, we would put the plywood up for our doors in because we we brought plywood and tools so our first couple days we were actually building we weren't working aircraft or anything we were building toilets Mm. or something Mm -hmm. like that and yeah no porta potty so it was go dig a ditch and then build the porta because we had females on the trip and yes they they do it differently than we (laughs) (laughs) they do so yeah part of your biggest thing is you know you got to have shelter and you got to build the latrines and you got to know where. Mm. <laughs> so that's that. I mean, this is camping 101, but camping on a bigger scale, you know, you know, the extreme camping, I guess, <laughs> where people shoot at you. Wow. <laughs> but, I, uh, I, I, I had a friend that was in the deed uh, a couple of years before that, that took that or no, they were in um, Kuwait that took that uh, uh, epic, uh, you know, that sandstorm coming in picture that mm. we all shared mm-hmm. around. And I'm like, they were on top of like one of those sea uh, vans <laughs> doing that. I'm like, that's a crazy dude. No, it was like when those happened out there, it, it was like Wrath of Khan. Yeah. You know, we were walking around with like, or sand people, you know, there's the Star Wars and Star Trek uh, reference. Yeah. Pick, pick your poison. It's good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know that those guys. <laughs> well, then, hey Jeff, you know what? We we've kind of bounced around this a little bit, and and told people that you know you and I are of different different belief systems in a lot of ways, and and some people don't even actually understand that because of the fact of of what this show is about, how that's possible that two folks with completely different thoughts and whatnot can can coexist in this type of realm. What? How do you define spiritual resiliency? Like. What is it for you? I knew you were going to do that one. Well, go uh, ahead and pick up I your notepad. Those, I, and, and read no, off I have the my notepad. I I actually didn't write the answers down. I just wrote the questions. Oh. That's how. Uh, um, no, I didn't want to. You know, sound canned. As he no, reads I've it thought off about. His, th- oh, sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this. Uh, you know, in the ways of how do I keep doing this? Yeah. But no, it's not that. Yeah. It's how do I quantify this to people that are not you know, Christians or even a specific belief. You know, you speak about uh, Jeff, which we carry the same name, except that mine's better. It's Geoff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, about, I know being what you're agnostic, about being agnostic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I've looked into those terms. I don't even know if I really want to use a term. I mean, uh, on that way. But as far as the how I feel about the spiritual resilience, you don't, it's not about uh, really to me, religion. It's you're getting, I get that from talks like this with people getting their hearing their resilience stories, being able to, I guess, embrace the suck quote unquote, but also learn how to heal, how to Mm. come back from these dark places and what did we learn from that and 
how each individual can bounce back or even if they fall. I mean, shoot, I've fallen. Uh, I do. All but the it's time. how you get back. Yeah, it's how you get back up. Uh, that type of thing. I don't. That's cliche, it's but it's very chumbawamba of you. A, lo- a lot of the. <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> but you're never going to get me down. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I live my life by Chumbawamba. How's that? <laughs> There's a soundbite. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, <laughs> I love it. I was like, okay, I'll roll with you. It's like, I, I pissed the night away, too. <laughs> <laughs> and we continue. Uh-huh. No, uh, really, it's, it's not about a person's specific belief. It's, uh, you know, believing in something. You can believe in people. You can believe in a higher power, God, poly, multi-theistic, what have you. It's believing in something greater than you. It could be a cause. I mean, I believe uh, everybody needs something, you know, being at the job, going back to the military. A lot of cats have a hard time transitioning because that gave them a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So they have to find it again. And that's the transition. I mean, I wish I, I would, I thought about, uh, you know, maybe doing some, uh, transition assistance for people, you know, mm. helping them work through that might be in the near, in the future, but unfortunately my plate is full, but I do that on a case by case thing, which is my friends and even some of my friends, kids, yeah, I and, know that's a and, crazy. Well, one. <laughs> and a lot of time, it's it's also just the conversations that you have with people each day. I mean, exactly, I mean, it could be as simple as that. You just do a check in. You know, I I might alienate myself with this one, but uh, I do get slightly annoyed when I see a copy and paste thing in a social media setting. That like I'm here. I'm like, you know, I called you. Hmm. You didn't answer when I was hurting. You know, I've heard that. Yeah. And I was like, from the individuals, I'm not going to name name. Of course, that's no. And I'm not talking about me. I'm just using that as an example. I'm like, how are you going to placate and then not follow up? Mm -hmm. No, I don't say that stuff. I mean, I'm fine if you want to post a picture of yourself from back in the day on, you know, one of these days. That's fine. I find it kind of cheap because I don't need that anymore. But some people really do need a little bit of, you know, re- that's where they love. That's where they felt the their um, home. And a lot of cats feel lost. And so having empathy, that's that's really the biggest thing. Not feeling sorry, but being empathetic mm-hmm. toward uh, one another can go a long ways. And long story, yeah, to sum it up, yes, that's my resiliency you know, using empathy and with a little bit of logic and possibly some tough love mm-hmm. type deal. Oh, there's you there's know? definitely a, a lot of that, you know, and I mean, I, I think that yeah. we have learned in especially like the poor dog community, any any flight line job, like you've got to have thick skin to be able to make it through because that's kind of that that way that we show affection, how we show love is yeah, but in that way. I've seen the new uh, host of kids. They, they're good, but they don't have to have mm-hmm. it. They don't have to be, you know, super breaking each other's chops and stuff like that. You know, uh, 
as we are. I mean, you call each other, a, you know, I think one of the last things I said to one of my friends was I called him a effer, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and you know, that that's like, okay, well, that's, that's normal. <laughs> if you just said, you know, something pleasant, we'd be like, what's going on with you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> He's acting funny. He didn't drop an F-bomb or anything in the last five minutes. Why is he being so nice? <laughs> what's he about to do? Yeah, I mean, that's those are the, those are actually warning signs with us. Are, are, are they being good? <laughs> <laughs> why why no, are they putting on my... blues and going to the shirt's office? Hmm. Weird. Oh, I'm even talking about now. I mean, I know more people that are retired uh, now, and and it's like weird. Okay, time to give it up for the new kids. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And you get to you get to see them. You get to interact with them. Well, not a whole lot because Mister High Rolling Commandant. I prefer El Comandante. If you don't mind, I do too. That's why I like uh, El Jefe. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I think I That's think it, I think it was important to do this episode. You know, Veterans Day. Uh, it's it's important to remember the reason behind Veterans Day. You know, and it's good that I had you the in the in studio uh, historian to keep us straight <laughs> on some of this on on what it actually meant. Ah, oh, thank you, Google. <laughs> I done Googled it. <laughs> Uh, but it's also important because they need to know that this podcast was designed around the idea and the concept of differences and knowing that our differences make us a really strong team. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, this wouldn't, uh, exist if we didn't care. I think Mm. that's the big thing. I mean, uh, even though, sure, does it take a whole lot of time? No, but you got to care about it. And that's why you want to put the time yeah. into it. And I think uh, with anything, you know, we're, we're giving this a help. This is the first time we've been on here and it's the first time we're using a different platform. So there's going to be hiccups and this has been a long time coming. We were hoping to do this at 25. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but somebody had to get uh, COVID. I, I, don't, I think one of, or both of us. I, I think eventually know. it ended up being both of us. So yeah, but I mean, it, it, just being able to adapt and overcome, right? That's like the veterans' exactly. creed or the military members' creed. That's what we. That's what I do. Oh dear Lord, here it comes now. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that was fu- that was fun to do. It, yeah. Anyways, um. This has been a great uh, uh, time. I was going to say great podcast. Well, that'll be determined. <laughs> we'll see how it sounds later. Uh, and if we're just talking to each other, it's been fantastic anyway, Nate. I love catching up with you. Um, I'll catch up with you personally off air. I hope you're feeling better. Do you want to tell everybody uh, a little bit about why you're a little under the weather? Oh, I, I had... <laughs> Well, okay. So I had surgery not too long ago. Uh, actually, what, uh, four days ago, <laughs> I had surgery on my foot. Uh, the doctor actually took a bone spur off of my foot that was about half an inch wide. And so that's a dowel. <laughs> that's a big freaking dowel, like what you hang your clothes on type deal. Yeah, she uh, was, it was just showing. She was really that. surprised, actually, that I was actually 
able to sustain life. She's like, how are you not in pain? I was like, I have a high tolerance for pain, but I live in pain. <laughs> yeah. After I got done with surgery, I've just, I've been really, you know, I've had a cough going. Um, it's my first full day with absolutely no type of, of painkiller, which is awesome. Well, just because I don't, I don't like painkillers, you know, just, uh, fair enough. Me neither. Yeah. Well, I don't like pills in general, so that's that's that way too. So, uh, yeah. But man, Jeff, I uh, excuse me, G off. I <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep using that from here on. That's why I use G Fraser and not G off. Um, it's it's really been a blessing to to have you a part of this team, uh, because you have shown me a lot that I was not ready for her whenever I started this adventure. Uh, and it's, it's been a really good team just to go from our setting in the military, uh, working together day in and day out in Guam and then transitioning away. Uh, when you reconnected with me, it was as if no days had even passed between the last time I saw you. That is the way <laughs> this is the way, uh, to, <laughs> really, that is, that's how it works. Absolutely. Hey, to all the veterans out there, I want you to know that uh, that you are loved, that you are cared for, that no matter what you're going through, no matter what the day brings you, uh, no no matter how much you feel like you are away from the team that you were once a part of, that we are all here in this fight together. And if you ever have anything that you need, please do not hesitate to reach out. Uh, contact at wartime-leadership.com. Uh, and we will get you in touch with somebody uh, somewhere. Or, you know what? If you want one of us, we'll probably get back to you. And you don't want to do that. You want to talk to a professional. Absolutely. <laughs> but, and, and we want to get you. No, I mean, I mean, we love you. I mean, I'll talk to you forever. I mean, no, I have nothing better to do than do this. <laughs> <laughs> no. we, we do love you guys. I mean, you can be a complete stranger. That even works out better mm -hmm. sometimes. But uh just talk to somebody, please. Just, just do it. Uh, yeah. And Nate, it's been great uh, being on here. So uh, let's wrap it up and give me my props like you always Today's do. Today's episode is only possible thanks to my friend and producer, G. Frazier with 369sounddesign.com. Jeff, I say this every week. But you are truly the one with the hardest job trying to make me sound good. And now you have just doubled it because you have to make yourself sound good as well. We are blessed by the entire team here at the Wartime Leadership Podcast. See you next time. Be blessed. Be blessed.